0: You're listening to the Gateway Christian Church Beckley Campus Podcast. To find out more about the church, visit our website at gatewaychurch.net. Let's get into this week's message. Um, We are in the middle of a series, kind of wrapping up towards the end of a series uh, that we've been talking about, about how to uh, stress less (laughs) and, and, and be more productive in our daily life. And and so I hope you've enjoyed the book. I hope you've enjoyed the series. It seemed to help me out a lot. But there's a a well-respected circuit, I guess, keynote speaker in a lot of conferences named Tony Campolo. If I say that name, does a lot of people have maybe have heard of Tony Campolo? And he was lecturing one day, and 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 in front row was a bunch of young uh, college students. And he he asked. He said asked a simple question. He said, "How old are you?" And one of the college students, you know, you always got that one friend that's got to speak up, right? Says, you know, gives their age. And, and, and Tony says, well, I asked you how old you are, or, you know, and, and you gave me the answer in years. But he said, I want to tell you about something. He said, when I was, he was nine years old and was in fourth grade, they took a trip for the first time to uh, New York City downtown. Uh, he grew up uh, in one of the... Uh, uh, Five areas. I can't remember which one. I want to say it's Queens, but he'd never been downtown. And they took him to the highest building at that time and they went up to the observation deck and he looked out and he saw the expanse of the city. And he said, even though I'm X number years old, and even though I ask you how old you are, and you answered it in years, he said, I have that vision imprinted on my mind even till this day. You know, and, and what we're talking about today, we've been going through this. This, this, this series, and the, the question is really two questions. It's how old are you? And then the second question is, is how long have you really lived? Because you could be 95 years old and, and really only lived a few moments. What Tony was getting at there is that vision that's imprinted in his head that he still remembers. That's one of the moments that he'll never forget. It's one of the moments that almost like time stood still. He still can remember it to that day. And you may have some moments like that in your life that you already have experienced. Maybe it's your wedding day, the birth of your first child, or, you know, or your, all your children. Or maybe it's a, a sight that you've seen. One of those moments is just, you know and you'll never forget. Or sometimes those moments can be moments of pain. The loss of a loved one. The moment that you heard that your grandparent had passed away. It's easy to calculate age but it's much more difficult to calculate the quality of your life. Why? Because time is measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments. And so those are, when he was standing at the Empire State Building, that's a moment in his life that he'll never forget. It's, it's what we're getting at today. You know, as we've been going through this, this book, When Today, and as we've been going through Scripture there's five things that we've already talked about will help us stress less and accomplish more. Remember, the first one was flip the script, kiss the wave, eat the frog, fly the kite, and then last week I asked you to cut the rope. How many of you all went home and got your homework and did your scissors and wrote down the one thing or that's limiting you from what God has for your life and your purpose, and I asked you to cut it up and get rid of it? Well, today I want to talk about this one called Wind the Clock. And if you have a Bible, please turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse 15. Now, before we talk about the minutes and the moments, I want to share three thoughts. Because our goal with this message is to understand the right relationship that we have with our time. So many people are stuck in the wrong time zone. They're living their life in the past, and their past is tense with guilt. Or they're living their life in the future paralyzed by fear of what's going to come. Either one is not good. You can't be fully present if you're living in the wrong time zone, right? If you're constantly thinking of your past or if you're dreading your future. And so our first thought this morning is that the time, the idea of time is a human construct. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.18 what the day of the Lord is like. A day to the Lord is what? Like a thousand years? And a thousand years is like what to the Lord? One day. That's what the Word of God says this morning in Second Peter 3.8. A thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. Now, how, I know that doesn't really comprehend when we're, when we're bound, like I said, by time, right? You all show up at 10.30ish. Some of you, <laughs> some of you are, I, I, it's funny, church attendance, when you all show up, tells me so much about you. Do you understand that? You know, there's the ones that are going to be here 20 minutes early, all right? You're going to be here, you know, at 10, 10, and you're waiting for Britt to get his coffee done, all right? That's who you are. And you do that probably with everything in your life. Then there's the ones that are coming in at like 1025, and they're looking, they're looking for eye contact to, that, to the preacher to make sure you know and that they know that you were on time. Do you see what I'm saying? All right? And then there's this one that are in the 1030 bunch. All right? You're the ones that don't want to make eye contact because you feel bad that you're late. And then there's this one that comes after 1030. You know what you do? You try to find any door, the other door, that other preacher can't see you sliding in your seat. right? All right. So we are we are bound by time, aren't we? And and we have certain times that we have appointments. But we know that we worship a God who is no longer bound by by space and time. And he operates freely and chooses to come into our time frame. With God, there is no past, present, or future. He just is. Do you remember when uh, God and, and Moses are having this interaction during the, the Bernie Bush moment of Moses' life, and, and God's speaking to him, and Moses asking him this question. He says, who do I say is sending me back to let the, the our, our people go? Do you remember what he says? He says, just tell them I am. It, it's about being present. At this moment, that's the great I am that we've come to worship. And in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, I'm sorry we're having a little bit of technical issues this morning because usually these scriptures are on uh, the screen. But in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, oh, there it is. Look, see, God just intervened in time there and made technology work again. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is according to what is said in Revelation 1.8. He is the Alpha and the Omega. In, In the Greek alphabet, that is the first letter and the last letter. He is the beginning and the end. He is who He was and who He is to come. He is the Almighty. Daniel the prophet called Him the Ancient of Days in Daniel 7. In the words of the theologian Paul Tillich, he says that He is the Eternal Now. Now, I'm not trying to get your head to explode this morning, but I really want you to think this through. When we talk about eternity, (laughs) eternity is now and always will be. In fact, with all of what we've been doing, (laughs) God has already been there. I know that blows your mind when you start thinking about it because it blows my mind. Just to think how powerful and how almighty and how great our God is. But with us, there is dimensional components and constraints that we have. And we try to bring God down into our time box. We can't stay there with him. Although it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we know that as human existence, we know that we had a start time and there's an end time. But I want you to understand God existed before and he'll exist after and during all at the same time. Now that's, I know it's difficult to wrap your brain around, but that's exactly who God is. We know that just in this moment, when God started the clock for us, we have been on the clock in God, with God since he said, let there be light. And as believers, we know that there will come to an end to all of what we know in this life and then this dimension. But I'm here to tell you that we are worshiping a God who has much bigger plans than what we understand in our time. Number two, this this morning, um, I, I for you know one other thing I forgot. Can you guys put the QR code up? Can you can you go there real quick? I always forget the QR code, and I and I get grief about it. All right, the QR code. Uh, if you take your phone and just take your camera app and look there, that's a great way to understand like what our announcements are, and also the sermon outline, and also communicate with us. Um, but you know how technologically non-advanced I am. You understand this, right? Like Taylor just asked me, he said, you have Instagram, right? <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> you really think I have Instagram? I'm barely working in Facebook times, all right? So that's a stretch for me. But this is a great way to communicate, and also kind of tells you where we're going as, uh, through the sermon, so that way you can follow along and fill it out and hold on to it. And it also communicates with us, like if you have prayer needs and prayer requests that we can share not only with our campus here in Beckley, but with all the other campuses we have throughout the state. So here's the second point I want to point out to you this morning. We live forward, but God is working backwards. Now, what what exactly does that mean? How do you grasp this? Well, listen to what Ephesians chapter 2 says. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So if we just look at this scripture alone, God's already prepared what we were going to do. For example, we have a date and a time coming up. August 12th, uh, I think is the date. August 12th is the date of the Beckley Day of Hope, or is it the 14th? August 14th. See, I have the wrong date and time. August 14th, same day you all get getting married, all right? So you guys aren't busy that day. I expect you to be at the Day of Hope, okay, and, and serving, all right? all right. Yeah, just go ahead. Just, just tell Kate that God told you to do it, and you'll be there when you get there. See how that works for you, all right? But uh, on the day of your guys' wedding, we all the churches come together in our community, and we do the Beckley Day of Hope. Now, we are looking forward to that day, but in a real sense, God's already there because <laughs> that's a good work that God has already prepared in advance for us to do. And it's not only what we do collectively as a church, He does this individually with us as well. And so, scriptures that we read start to make sense. God is setting us up for success. He's prepared in advance for us to do things. This is where our holy confidence comes from, or what the idea of faith. We have faith that God is working all things out for our what? Good, right? The good works, are we are anticipating them. We don't know exactly what God's going to do, but we know that if we are faithful to God, he will be faithful to us and he will do a good work through our life. God wants you to get where he wants you to take you. And where he's going to lead you requires you to walk in faith. Surrender your life and your time to Him. He is working all things out for your good. This doesn't mean that only the good things are going to happen in your life, though, right? We know that there's not life is not always uh, rainbows and, you know, ice cream. You know, those are good things, right? <laughs> we know that life doesn't always work that way. But what it does mean, that even in the things that are difficult in our life, in those amounts of time, if we can look back, we can see that God brings good out of that in our lives. For example, you've heard the old saying, if it doesn't kill you, what's it going to do? It's going to make you stronger, right? The apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 1.6, he wrote it this way, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Our confidence is not arrogance or cockiness, our confidence is in faith that God is working all things out for a good purpose. And so what this means is, in the world of philosophy, if you want to think of that way, the word is teleology. And teleology means that we're using the purpose rather than serving the cause which arrives. In other words, it means we begin with the end in mind. And so as a Christian, as we're talking about time, we're beginning with the end in mind. And where is the end that we hope to go to, Christians? Heaven. <laughs> Eternal life. And so what we are doing is we begin there and then we work ourselves backwards just the way that God is. There's a line of reasoning in apologetics, which is the defense of our faith, which is known as the teleological argument, which says that when we look at the evidence in the order of the design in nature... We conclude that there is a grand designer, which concludes and makes that gods exist. And this is what's fascinating with science right now. Because as we start to understand the molecular biology, and we get smaller and smaller into breaking down cells and atoms and all that kind of stuff, you know what they find? That there had to be some kind of design to make all of this life possible. And you know what that design is? They know they won't use this term, but we can use that term. It's God. And so, what we're talking about here in Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, listen to what Joshua says. He says, See, and this is the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with the king and the fighting men. I want you to notice something about this. That's Joshua chapter 6, verse 2. You know when the actual battle of Jericho takes place in the book of Joshua? At the end of the book, God had already said, I'm delivering Jericho into your hands. They haven't even marched around the walls yet. (laughs) He said, look, I am delivering Jericho into your hands. They haven't even won the battle yet. They haven't even fought the battle because that's our God. He's already there in the future, if that makes sense to you this morning. But God uses the past tense here. The victory is already yours. Just march on. And this brings me to my third thought this morning. I know maybe you've had a little bit time and thinking about this stuff, but listen to what this says. Everything is created twice. What? So said, what is wrong with Russ today? Did he not sleep well? Everything was once an idea. Every action you take was once a thought in your mind. That's why our focus verse this morning was so important. What did our focus verse tell us to do in in the book of Philippians? Whatever is what? True. Whatever is noble. Whatever is right. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is admirable. Whatever is anything that was excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Thoughts before actions. As a person thinks, so the person is. And according to the Jewish rabbinic history book, the Talmud, when God created the heavens and the earth, he made some provision for miraculous moments that would occur throughout the course of human history. Now, that's, now that's not so much in the Bible, Bible, but in the Talmud, it says the interpretation of the Bible through the rabbinic teachings. What I'm saying is, is that when they put the, the Talmud together, it's taking the scripture and looking and see how God intervened and interact throughout history. And there's points that we see some miraculous things happen throughout the Bible, don't we? You know, for example, God commanded the Red Sea to split apart, the sun and the moon to stand still for Joshua, the ravens to feed Elijah, the fish to spit out Daniel. Simply put, when God makes a vision, he makes a provision to see through it. Now, isn't that awesome? you think about it. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked into the fire, God had already made that provision for them to be safe. What's that say for each one of us? What that says is as we go through our life, you know, we we do this a lot. People will say, preacher, we're getting ready to go on family vacation. Can you pray for our safety? I said, no problem. I'll be more than happy to do that. But let me assure you, God's already there with you, (laughs) and he's already at your destination. He's already on the mile marker 67 or whatever mile marker you're on. That's what it requires when you are living in faith, to know that God is already there and he wants good for our lives. So through the faithfulness of God and also the sovereignty of God, he is setting up the future that happens in our lifetimes. Did you find Ephesians 5? What was the first verse I told you to look up? Ephesians 5, 15. All right, look what the word of the Lord says. It says for us to be very careful then how we live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because what? The days are evil. We need to be wise in how we spend our time. Friends, do you realize that time is the only thing that is the common denominator for all people on this earth? Do you realize that? Some of us are going to make more money than others, some of us are going to be you know, prettier than others, I guess. Some of us are going to be tall and skinny. (laughs) Some of us are going to be different than that, right? And so what I'm saying is we might have differences. Some of us will have hair and some of us will have brains. It's really, you know, things like that, all right? So uh, my point is what I'm trying to is there's all these differences among us, but there's one constant that's true for all of us. We all get the same amount of time. And it's what we do with that time that we make the most of our opportunities. Now, hear, hear what the word of the Lord is saying. I like what the King James translates the words as. It says, make the most of every opportunity. It translates it as redeeming time. In 1977, the Russian comedian Yakov, does anybody remember Yakov? I remember Yakov. Good stuff there. Clean, fun, usually wasn't too dirty. Yakov Smirnoff, you know, I guess he was related to the Baca people, too. I didn't know this. But anyways, um, he came and immigrated to the United States, and he was asked what he loved most about uh, the United States. You know what his answer was? The grocery store. And you know why? He said, I'll, he said, I'll never forget the first time I went to the grocery store. He said, you walk down this aisle, and there's powdered milk, and all you do is add water and poof, milk, he said. He said, right next to it was powdered orange juice, and you add water, and poof. He said, you have orange juice. And he said, then I saw the baby power, and I thought to myself, what a country. You know, so <laughs> I, he does it much better than I do, <laughs> that joke. But I remember him telling that joke. I remember watching that on TV and remember that time. And I, I still think it's as funny the day as it was the first time I, I heard it. I just can't tell a joke. That's the problem. So <laughs> and and here's here's what he's saying. We live in a society of instant gratification, right? Think about it. There are some places in the United States that you can get within the hour delivery of what you order on Amazon. And they bring it to you in a drone, instead of on your porch. That would never fly in West Virginia. Now I've told you that. Because Cliff and all the gun lovers would be out there target practicing every night. It'd be like a war zone out here in West Virginia, all right? But that's where we look. I mean, DoorDash, (laughs) a company that didn't even exist, what, five years ago, realized that people get hungry as they're watching the commercials on TV and say, I would like to have some Applebee's. And so people set up a business where you order it and they'll go pick it up so you, you don't even have to put on your clothes. You can stay right there in your underwear and then put a robe on when they ring the doorbell, right? You all laugh because it's true and you all do this stuff. But the reality is, is that we don't necessarily live in an instant powdered society. We like fast food, fast money, fast fame. We love instant gratification. But let's talk about time from a biblical standpoint. And here's the main point from the day. You don't find time. You make time. Don't you know that you're as busy as you let yourself be? It's true. We're all allowed to the same amount of time, 1,440 minutes each day. Let's give eight hours for a good night's rest, Let's give 30 minutes for a good afternoon nap. I told you last Sunday the world would be much better if everybody took a 30-minute nap. Whether you agree or not, And remember, there's only one rule. If you wake up and you're grouchy, you're allowed another 30-minute nap until you become a nicer person. All right? That's what that rule I would make as president, and everybody would have to follow it. And if you're not taking a nap, you just have to lay down and keep your mouth shut just like in daycare. All right? So let's assume that you have a 40-hour work week. That leaves you with 450 minutes at your disposal. That's seven and a half hours every day and all day on Saturday and Sunday. What would you do with that time? And whatever it is, you can make the time for doing it. And let me tell you how. I'm going to look at a story in Jesus' life. You curse the barren fig tree, and then you do the math. Let's talk about these two things. What's it mean to curse the barren fig tree? If you're familiar with this story in the Bible, no doubt you remember the story of the Gospels about the barren fig tree. It's a fascinating moment in the life of Jesus, and it baffles a lot of people. Matthew 21, the Bible says, Early in the morning, as Jesus was walking into the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree on the road, he went up to it and found nothing except except for the leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree tree withered. And the disciples saw this, and they were amazed. And they said, how did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. And number one question, why did Jesus do this? Well, because the tree was just taking up space. It had the appearance of bearing fruit, but had no fruit. You see, to Jesus, faithfulness and fruitfulness are the same thing. All of us have barren fig trees in our lives. They might have the appearance of fruit. We might like having them around, but the fact of the matter, they are draining our energy and wasting our time. Last week, I mentioned to you the average person spends 142 minutes on social media each and every day. That really cuts into your spare time and your minutes that you have. Is that really how you want to spend 15% of your waking hours? Now, I know that everyone is different. We all have different biological rhythms. Where's my morning, people? I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, but I hate you, people. You know, you are so vibrant and so awake in the morning, and I'm like, how and why? Where's my afternoon, people? There you are. I love you, people we can hang out. And really, where's my night people? Who, are the, who works best at night? Is there any night people in here? You do, Don? All right, man. All right, I'm calling you. Don, here's the thing. Don does not like to spend time on the telephone. So you know what is my goal every time I talk to him? My phone, when I call someone, has, a, has, a, has the time, of how long I've been talking to him. I try to get him. I push him. I push him to like 12 minutes, 13 minutes. I do this, don't I, Don? And now he knows I do this, not just because I just told him now. He's like, Russ, what time can I get off the phone and talk to you? Don does not like talking on the phone. It's just the way it is, right, Don? That's right. But now I know you like to party at night, so all right, here we go. So this is good, all right? Listen, we all have different biological rhythms, right? Some of us are morning people. And I say, I hate you people, but I really do love you because you all make great breakfast, all right? <laughs> so... Uh, maybe change my my theory on that. Yeah. The afternoon people, you're my kind of people. That's when I'm most productive in my life, all right? What I'm saying is, even though we have different rhythms, if a good time is at night, then you do your best time and work at night. But don't neglect your faith in your family. If you aren't careful, trivial things will steal all those free minutes that you have in your day. And then secondly, do the math. First was curse the the barren fig tree and secondly, do the math. And what I mean by this is this, it's simple too. Where does what you think the most of, of your time and do what counts the most? Where, what are you getting the most return of your investment? So if you are limited in the amount of time that you have, where are you getting your best return on your invested amount of time? You know, this is almost like a financial investment. They say time is money, and they're right. When it comes to your time, you're getting. where are you getting your biggest payoff? What would you do that no one else can do? What do you do that God had made for you to do? Maybe the math is messed up here. Maybe your math, when you're thinking about the amount of time that you're investing in things, is it really worth your time? You know, the ancient Greeks had two words for time, kronos and Karyos. Kronos refers to clock time. That's what you all are doing right now, checking your clock and say, is he about done? <laughs> right? <laughs> that is clock time. And that's the word we use and get our word for chronological orders. Chronologically it is the sequence of the past, present, and future. If someone gives you, asks you a give you a chronological view of the way of your life, you give them dates and times and specifics. But it isn't the word that was used in Ephesians chapter 5. The other word for time to make the most of your time is the word karios. And karios in the Greek means at the right time, or the opportune time, or maybe as... Tony Campolo thought it was the Empire State Building when he looked over New York City. You see, that's the kind of time that matters. And it's a stewardship issue, what we're talking about. We have a stewardship of teachable moments. Um, When I was a young man, have I told you all this story? I can tell you to detail how this story went in my life. If I have... And if you heard it again, just bear with me. Just act like you've never heard it before, right? But Barry, that was just here a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember Barry, my friend, and Kelly? Uh, just so you all know, they got to Korea uh, okay this week. They, they left on Tuesday and arrived on Tuesday, or well, I don't know. But anyways, it was like a 14-hour flight. But they're they are in Korea. They're settled in. They're being quarantined for 14 days, so they're all driving each other nuts, and they're only two days into the quarantine, all right? So, but they're they're over there serving our nation. But Barry and I grew up together, right? And my mom had the Bartles and James wine cooler. Have you heard this story before? Okay. If you had to act like you've never heard it before, right? Uh, and we had those Bartles and James wine cooler, and there was only one left, and that sucker had been in the back of the fridge for like three years. And Barry and I were getting to that middle school, high school age that we wanted to try it, right? And I said, let's try it, and then we'll take off. I mean, I had the gold foil. I mean, we were careful with this. We got out a knife, like a... A serrated knife, not a serrated knife, but a straight knife, and we cut around that thing just so we could get the the cap off, and we unscrewed it, and we drank it, and then we put Tropical Punch Kool-Aid back in it. We did do this, and then we put it back in. And you remember what Barry told me? He said, I don't want to do this before we did this. He said, because I know you, you will tell on us. And he said, and you might not get in trouble, but my parents will kill me. And I said, no, let's do it. And as soon as he left, I got on the phone and called my mom. And I said, Barry decided that we should drink this. (laughs) I threw him. I stuck her right underneath that bus. Listen, I can tell you all the details of that story because I remember it in time. It seemed like time and space stopped. Not for Barry. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it did. Listen. Looking back at that story, I know how foolish we were. I know how bad of a decision that was. But I expected the gauntlet to come down, and I got grace from my mother. Barry got the gauntlet. (laughs) It's just the way the cards bounce. I remember that moment in time thinking how gracious my mom was and praying that Barry would still be my friend. But I want you to think about some other biblical stories Yes, they happened chronologically, but those were moments that stopped time for people. How about the woman who got caught in the act of adultery? Everyone had expected her to come down, Jesus to come down hard on her and harshly, but he offered grace amazingly and then sent and judged the hearts of the ones who were getting ready to judge her. How about the woman who broke the alabaster jar of perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet? You remember how upset Judas was? Judas was so upset because it could have been sold and the money could have been used to feed the poor. But Jesus says, it's okay. What she had done will go down for me in history. But what he had done for her was beyond what words could describe. Or think about the incredible moments while he hung on the cross. He forgave the soldiers. He took care of his mother and he welcomed a thief into paradise. These moments mattered so much. Be stewards of the time that you have and then accumulate experiences. How many of you all have taken vacation this summer? It's okay. Raise your hand. How many of you should have taken vacation this summer? All right? I, you know, I'm the only preacher you'll probably ever meet that says, go. <laughs> Get. <laughs> go spend time with your loved ones. You know Why? Because you're accumulating experiences that will you all will remember for the rest of your life. You, <laughs> my, my whole world changed about four years ago when my good friend Dave Wills had an aortic aneurysm. He just retired from Shady Spring High School, a beloved teacher, coach, friend, administrator at the very end, And he made all these plans for him and Melinda to go and do all kinds of, not extravagant trips. They may have been. They may have went to a beach or something like that, but they were going to go and spend time together. And six weeks or six months after he retires, he has an aortic aneurysm and is gone. So the staff at Gateway makes fun of me, and they should, because I took two vacations well they should make fun of me for m- multiple reasons but this was one that i laugh with them i took two vacations a week apart <laughs> and we had a staff meeting in the middle and said thanks Russ for coming so glad that you could take time in between your vacations you know they were they were getting me pretty good but you know what i've learned something none of us are guaranteed the next breath let me say that one more time none of us are guaranteed our next breath And if we only have X amount of free time (laughs) that we're either not sleeping, working, or doing something else that requires our time and attention, then we need to make the most of these these moments. So go on vacation. Create those experiences. Do things like that for the Lord. (laughs) And I promise you'll remember. You remember the time, you'll talk about this. You remember the time we went to Miss Tony's house? I miss Tony. She watches every Sunday. You remember the time we went and worked there? How great was that? You remember the time when we built the wheelchair ramp? You remember the time we served at the Day of Hope? We will talk about those moments. Why? Because they allow us to go back to that place in time when we were utilizing our time for Jesus. You know, your greatest experiences... You'll accumulate over time. That's why the old song, the old hymn says it this way. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. It's not going to (laughs) matter. So my 1030-ish people, chill out. You made it to church. (laughs) My 1025 people, make eye contact with me. You see what I'm saying? Because when we're talking about winding the clock here this morning, let me ask you again, how long have you lived? Are you going to answer the question like the young college student says? I'm 22 years old. Are you going to remember it like Tony Capolo did when he was in fourth grade looking out over New York City? When it comes to God and our relationship with him, Live for the moments that you and God will remember for eternity. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for the way that you love us. I thank you, God, for times like this. Because really, Father, you are not bound by time. And your word says that we can approach your throne of grace. And we can approach it with confidence. And we know that whatever we ask, we will receive. Because you're a good father. Because you're a God that when we ask for a piece of bread, you don't give us a snake. And so, Lord... I pray that in this moment and in this breath and in this amount of time that your word says today is the day of salvation. And so many of us have a to-do list that we put off until tomorrow. I'm going to start going back to church. I've got to change this in my life so I can be more close with the with my friend my Jesus. I got to do this and this and I got to do this first and God we start piling in all this stuff, when all your word says is today, the right now is the moment of salvation. So Lord, I pray that in this moment, we make the most of it. And so if there's someone here today that feels distance from you, let them make this most of this opportunity. God, if there's someone that just is struggling, let them know that this is the moment that you're reaching out for them. So help us to make the most of this moment, is my prayer in Jesus' holy name and all God's people say. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship. I'll be right up here. If you'd like to come and pray, have someone to talk with courage, but Lord, I pray for to him, and I pray and ask you, there's never going to be a better time than right now. Does that make sense? And let me let you know, God prepared this time for you in advance. So whatever you're going through, he is using to bring you back home whether good or bad. Today is the day of salvation. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To find out more, visit us online at gatewaychurch.net. See you next week.